Only a thin line separates life from death. That's something we're going to deal with quite a bit this week as we cover Japan Sinks 2020 here on Shonen and Suds. Cody! <laughs> Why? You said a little upset, this was Chris. so sad. <laughs> It was so sad. Yeah, there's definitely some uh, some pretty tragic moments here in the show. <laughs> man, man, what a ride! What a ride! I thoroughly enjoyed this, but boy, howdy, did it did it take a toll on it? This was one of those mentally exhausting shows. Like you know, you will watch some animes, Cody, that are like that are like action nonstop, just like they're like cocaine the anime. Mm-hmm. But this one was just so mentally taxing. But man, man, it was completely worth it. Yeah, I'm definitely glad it finally got it finally won a vote after me nominating it. I don't even know how many times at this point, but uh, yeah, definitely worth watching. And of course, like I said, welcome to the next episode of Shonen and Suds, Cody. This is what thirty four, or am I just going back in time? Back in time. <laughs> yeah, it is episode thirty four. 34. For some reason, I had like 38 on the brain, but maybe, you know, maybe maybe I'm just making shit up. But no, man. Uh, Of course, this is episode 38. I'm your host, Chris Adams. And I'm Cody Snodgrass. Yes, indeed. And like we said, we are covering Japan Sinks 2020. Cody, what a, what a, what a, what a, just, I don't know, man. Like, I got, I got like teary eyed at the end of this thing, man. Yeah, it definitely has its, it's very like, crazy emotional moments at some points that where it's just i mean it hits you like i like i told you i mean there was some moments where my jaw just hit the floor and i like had to look in the mirror in my room and like push my chin to like close my mouth i was like oh my did that just happen like there are some moments in this show that just i i never not just (laughs) like i've never been this surprised in an anime uh and obviously we'll get to the moment i'm talking about but one moment in particular just I've never been so surprised by any TV show. Dude, well, and there was also, like, moments where I was just like, please, no, don't, don't, no, don't do this to me. I, I, I haven't got over the last thing that happened. Please don't do this, and you did it. Absolutely, man. So, like, man, like, so emotionally charged. Um, but, Cody, before, like, we, we can't cover this without you know without uh, without our without our little helper without some grandpa's cough medicine so cody with that being said what you drinking all right chris we got our uh, our next flavor of twisted tea this time i uh decided to put down the trulies for a week here and uh we got the raspberry twisted tea so uh oh it kind of just tastes like you're your typical like brisk iced tea with like raspberry. Oh, that's brisk, baby. Those, those one liter bottles you see at the gas station, except uh, oh yeah. Of course, this one has five percent alcohol, so love that. Just a nice, a nice, nice a nice easy going drink uh, for not such an easy going anime. It definitely has <laughs> definitely okay. some emotional moments. Uh, and Chris, I hear that you you broke out the hard stuff this week. Is that right? Dude, I had to I had to go ahead and uh, dig into the whiskey again this week, but uh, this time I'm 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 not going like crazy with the scotch. I'm actually doing a little bit of rock gut. I'm just sipping on some some Evan Williams Black Label with a uh, with a splash of Coke, a cola. Love that, Chris. <clears throat> so just 
just some bourbon, just a bourbon and coke to get me through these uh, these harrowing adventures. Yeah, Chris. And before we dive into the this harrowing adventure, like you mentioned, uh, we're actually going to bring up some news this week, Chris, because got quite. You know, I love news. There's quite a bit, and some of this is a little bit older, um, so you'll have to forgive me for that. But you know, anytime we get a chance to talk about some news, we love to. And uh, first things first, we got My Hero Academia season five. Which will start airing oh on March twenty seventh. So what are we, like eleven days away? Uh, we're like like oh uh, yeah, eleven uh, T minus ten. Love that, Chris. I know you're excited for that. That's oh, you, one of your favorites. Why GDR? I'm excited. <laughs> and then uh, we also finally North America has a release date for the Demon Slayer movie. Um, and that's big. Looks like it's slated for April 23rd, so that's also... That's, what, that's fucking right around the corner, too, man. It's right around the corner, yeah. Love that. Um, and then a couple other announcements. I know... I don't know if any if you've ever played Dota. Like yes! Dota okay, cool. I'm glad you said that, because I actually... Uh, there's an anime on Netflix. Yeah, I think that's coming out... I don't know if it's in a couple days. It might be. I think it's out now? Let me double check i'm gonna pull it up if, if it's because i know i set the reminder on netflix so i don't know if it's because i'll set the reminder like so far in advance and then i'll just get really excited when it shows up and i'm like oh shit this is out yeah it looks like march 25th so awesome yeah it looks really cool and it's dota dragon's blood is the name of it yep. so all kinds all kinds of cool anime news um I'm so, and it's so funny, uh, you tagged me in something after I mentioned it on last week's cast, uh, the Netflix Shaman King that's coming out. Yeah, I was gonna, that's what, that's what I was trying to remember. I was like, I know there's one more I wanted to. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Because, uh, yeah, like I had heard about it, hadn't seen a trailer. Then next thing I know, you're tagging me in a trailer for it. I was like, oh, okay, I, I didn't dream that. I'm trying to see if I can find a release date for that, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, wait, hold on. It says it will premiere in japan on april 1st and will be available to english audiences on netflix at some point in this year okay well look we got we got nothing but time and opportunity That's lots right. of anime there's there's so much anime to dig into i actually um I, I watched the first episode of pacific rim black and i was like um i actually want to why well, i actually want to cover this on the podcast so i had to stop so that, that, you, that hurt me a little bit. You caught yourself there. <laughs> I, I caught myself because I, I, I love Pacific Rim. So it was like, oh, I'm just going to watch this. And I was like, wait a goddamn minute. What am I doing? Yeah, currently whenever I get caught up on whatever like show or movie we're watching, I usually just watch uh, kind of like the long anime that I know we'll probably never get to. So like currently I'm watching Hunter x Hunter, uh, mm -hmm. which is like 148 episodes. So obviously it's something we – it would take up the, a year of the podcast to do um, – absolutely so yeah i try to I, that's where i try to go so i don't know if there's any maybe you want to dive into one piece on the side chris well no well i mean well we're we're going to be covering my hero academia next so that will scratch a lot of itches for me yeah so. yeah i'm glad you actually mentioned that so next week we'll be covering of course season one we pulled our old yeah we, we chose the show this time and uh mm -hmm. we're just going to go ahead and knock out all of my hero i imagine we'll have it because it'll take us probably about six to eight weeks i think eight weeks is what it is with the movies and everything mm -hmm. um so we'll have it finished well before season five gets done uh, but that way when we when season five is officially fully out we'll be able to yeah absolutely you know, get those couple reviews episodes out and of course it's gonna I, the rumor is that it's gonna be another 25 episodes so 
Mm-hmm. Probably take us all, awesome. the way, all the way into September with My Hero Academia, so I'm really excited about that. Yeah, I am too, man. I think the people want to hear about it because, I mean, it's... I mean, it, it's the anime sensation, right? Like, it's everyone... I, I find people that I would have never guessed to be anime fans are like, oh, I love... Because... And it always comes at the weirdest places, like, because I have a lot of, like, My Hero, like, hoodies and t-shirts. Not, like, the re- real goofy shit, but, like, very subtle. Like, I've got a, that All Might hoodie that says Detroit Smash, and I have a, a Manita t-shirt. So, like, I always get, like, compliments from people I would not expect. They're like, oh, man, I love My Hero. I love your shirt. And I'm like, oh, shit. I would have never pegged you for an anime person, right? I, you know, never judge a book by its cover, I suppose. That's right. Actually, speaking of which, Chris, I'm wearing my All Might t-shirt right now. <laughs> That's funny. Let's look down. That's funny. Like, Wait, I have a Plus Ultra shirt on right now. Um, you see? See? It, it's just, it's infectious. So I can't wait to, you know, to talk about that. But Cody, we can't, we can't get to the, uh, we can't get to dessert without having our, without having our dinner first. That's right, Chris. We got to talk about Japan Sinks 2020. Now, uh, do you want to? Do you got the tail of the tape pulled up for oh, us? Oh, absolutely, my friend. I got it right here. So, Japan Sinks 2020 was released July 9th, 2020. So, this is a relatively new uh, anime, um, and it's actually based. I didn't know this. I did not realize that it is based on a 1973 novel of the same name. Um, apparently, it the book took like 10 years to publish or something like that and then when it was translated into english and i want to say it was in like a couple years after the book was released it was translated to english then after a major earthquake in 95 um in japan like it was re like it was it was re-released in english so like it's a i i almost want to read the book now after um after watching the anime, because I'm pretty sure it's something I would like, especially after, you know, the way I felt about the anime here, because I, I don't know, there's just something about, I don't like disaster movies, but, like, there was just something about, like, how how intimate this one was for the characters we got to follow. I'd like to see if that's something that we that we get to see in that. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. Uh, the anime, it's ten episodes, uh, like we said, based on the novel of the same name. Um... Apparently there's a there's a there's a um, there's a, a live action movie from what I understand that was done like in the 90s, but I I've never never seen anything about it. Oh really? Hmm. I'll have to... Yeah, uh, 2006 it looks like there was a film. Let's see if I yeah. Can... Well, there was there was like there was a film in 75 and then a remake in 2006. I'll have to see if I can find a a reliable link to those. Maybe we can check those out somewhere down the road. Yeah, I'd be very curious about that because, again, I really, really like the story here. Yeah, see, and I'm actually a pretty big, maybe not a big fan, but I actually enjoy, like, disaster movies. Uh, yeah, they're great popcorn movies, right? Yeah, yeah, to an extent. Like, I mean, like Twister. I'm always a, I'm a sucker oh, for Twister. Or like, That's my uh, wife's favorite movie, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. It's that Bill Paxton, man. <laughs> I'm telling you, Bill Paxton, greatest Holly, greatest resume in Hollywood. The only actor to be killed by an alien, a predator, and a Terminator. Man. He is the goat. Rest in peace to the great Bill Paxton. That's right. Uh, shout but out. Yeah, like, the post-mortem shout out. That's right. Like, Twister, I mean, like, even, uh, what's it called? Is it The Day After Tomorrow with Dennis Quaid? Yeah. I haven't seen it in a while. That's another one of my, another, like, disaster movie I, I pretty much enjoy. Oh. Um how about San Andreas with The Rock? Like my my my, my mom, my wife. Well, my mom likes that movie too, but my wife loves loves San Andreas. Well, she loves The Rock too, but who doesn't? But uh, like 
San Andreas was on TV. She was like, we're watching this. I don't give a fuck what else you're doing. We're watching this. Like, oh, you're the boss. That's right. So yeah. here we are. But yeah, it's, it, it's neat to see a, a disaster take place in an anime. Um, I don't think it's anything I've ever seen before. I know there's similar movies or similar shows that cover like earthquakes, specifically in Japan. I found out there was another one that's like, it's called like Magnitude 8 or something. I'm probably butchering mm-hmm. that name, but um, almost like a, a, a kind of a similar premise. Obviously, Japan doesn't sink, quote unquote, in that one, but... Uh, yeah, it's a it's a neat take, uh, just like a different kind of style of anime. Mm-hmm. Um, but Chris, without further ado, I'm I'm ready to dive into this thing. Dude, let's do it, man. Let's let's go in because this is a again this is a very intimate look that we're gonna get. Uh, just pretty much a it's a family's tale of survival. Um, I'm really really excited to talk about this. So Cody, hop in the car. Let's go. Take take us to our first stop. All right, Chris. So we're, we're basically we meet each individual member of this family. Uh, we meet mm-hmm. Yumu, who's like a like a track and field um, yep. athlete. It's kind of uns- I was unsure if she was training for the Olympics because I know there's like uh, this is based around the time of the 2020 Olympics. And they mention like her coach mentions you know the Olympics. Yeah, so I'm not sure, if it, but she's only 15 years old, so I'm like maybe she's just training for like her high school team. Um, mm-hmm. But either way, she's she's like out on the track with her coach and her teammates. Uh, and then we flash over. So to... I guess technically, technically I think right now she's only 14. Okay. Oh yeah. Cause her 15th birthday passes in the show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but regardless, she's training. Um, we flash over to her mother. Um, and she's basically on this plane on her way back from, I believe the United States. And mm-hmm. you can tell the planes like approaching Tokyo. She's like looking out the window. Um, and then we meet the son whose name is go. And he's basically just like your typical gamer kid. He's got his headset on. He's playing on like some handheld console. Yeah, and... it's like a retro gaming console, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Has that shape to it. Yeah, and he, he he's basically just jamming out playing this. And then uh, we meet their father, and he's it looks like he's like a, a construction worker, and he's working on these lights and like inside of a stadium. Which I'm not sure if this is like the Olympic stadium. Um, that's just what I'm assuming. Um, so these uh-huh. are these are the four members of the family, and of course we get the first earthquake hits Chris, and this one's kind of just a, a ground shake. It's nothing too crazy. Uh, I kind of get it, kind of yep, s- scares them all a little bit. Yep, because you see like go just under the table. He's like it, it's like everyone. Like, it's almost like this is business as usual, right? Because I mean Japan is no stranger to earthquakes. Mm-hmm. Um, that region of the world, in fact, is no stranger to earthquakes. So. Like it, it just like it. The the vibe was it was just very business as usual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ayumu and her father kind of get spooked in their individual areas, um, but then, mm-hmm. of course, Chris. because well, he's fucking he's fucking like harnessed up on some scaffolding. Yeah. I'd be scared. I'd be fucking worried too if I hear an earthquake and I'm suspended. You know, working on some shit with nothing but like a, I don't know, a harness and a hard hat between me and a most uncertain death. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so Ayuma's coach basically says, hey, that's enough practice for today. Why don't you guys go ahead and get changed and then um, kind of just call your parents and just, you know, check in. Because obviously an earthquake's no joke. Um, obviously this is a very minor one at first. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so she basically heads into the locker room and gets gets herself changed. And uh, her and all the other, like, students and, like, teammates that she has, they basically get, like, this this message on their phone. 
it's like, hey, mm-hmm. another another earthquake's incoming, and they're like, oh, well, maybe this is just like, like the aftershock of it. Uh, well, Chris, this is <laughs> this is no standard aftershock. God no, boy, this is a uh, because this is the big one. Yeah, this is where shit hits the fan, and you really get to see like this. So, and- more like the fan hits the shit on this one. Yeah, uh, and things. I mean, this this is a crazy scene. I mean, the lockers in the locker room, they're flying up. I mean, people are getting crushed. There's lights falling. Oh, like, And Ayumu dude. basically opens her eyes to see, like, all of this, like, destruction. All of her teammates are all dead for the most part, except for, <clears throat> excuse me, except for one girl who's, like, basically crushed under, like, a locker set mm. and, like, reaching out for her and... Uh, and she's got like a gnarly cut on her leg, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, she well, when she goes to run away, like to run outside and like get away from this collapsing uh, building, essentially, she cuts her leg on like a piece of metal sticking off of that's one right. of the lockers. Yeah, and, and we're gonna put a pin in that. And uh, basically, it's like it's just a little scratch on her leg. Um, but as we continue on, that scratch becomes a, lo- a lot more serious. And uh, absolutely. Which it, I'm actually, I, we'll talk about that at the end because I'm, I really like that that got addressed the way it did. Yeah, and I, I have a gripe about that, but you know, we'll, we'll get to all that later because this is these first two episodes are nothing but gas. Um, no, absolutely. Uh, and then we kind of, we kind of just we flash through each one of the other family members. So we go to Go, uh, the mm-hmm. the son, and he kind of takes a bad tumble and like hits his. It's not quite his eye, it like cuts his eyelids, so he's like, yeah. But I mean, he's gushing blood, so I'm like, I, I was actually pretty worried for the little kid. I thought he was dead. Yeah, I, I legit, I was like, oh fuck, well this kid's dead. Yeah, so he's he's bleeding quite a bit, and like, he's trying to get himself outside to get out of the house because he's on the first floor, and like, if the house collapses, you know, that's that's no bueno. Then we flash over to the dad, who I also thought was dead, because he's just like hanging there by his harness, and I'm like, oh please don't let this guy be dead, and then he like. He, like, they flash into him and he's like oh guys 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 he's basically just trying to get to get down from this harness and um they we don't really see he ends up getting down safely and everything like that um and then we we go over to, to mama dukes and uh chris this plane gets hit by like the shock wave of the earthquake i'm not sure how exactly how all this works uh, yeah, I I don't know how I don't know the uh, the science behind it. Right, but like you see, like underwater, you see like the ground like really like crack open and like it's, it's like the oceans like you can see like it's bubbling up and like the shockwave hits the plane, so the plane has to make a crash landing. Uh, and thankfully she's all right, and like most of the passengers are all okay, and uh, she they, she touches down in Japan. Uh, unfortunately, like in the middle of like a river that's about to get hit by a tsunami. So, mm-hmm. and, and she like saves like she saves the uh, or there's a there's a kid who can't swim. So like she's clearly like a you know I mean obviously she's a good person right off the bat. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. She instantly saves this kid and uh, gets him back to like his father and uh, mm-hmm. and then it's basically like the story of these four trying to to reunite. And Ayumu, uh-huh. we're basically with Ayumu the whole time from here on out. And uh, yep. she basically, she runs to her to her to their old house and nobody's there. The house is obviously like barely standing. The car's all messed up. Yeah, she's three- barely keeping it together too. She's really having a hard time here. Yeah, and she's like calling out. There's Obviously there's people everywhere like trying to find their family members. She's looking for hers. And uh, uh-huh. basically it seems like right as she's about to lose all hope. 
she kind of looks up and she sees these colored lights by this park. You know, it's like up this mm-hmm. staircase and they're basically the same lights that her father had set up outside of their home. So she like instant, she's like, Oh, that's, that's gotta be dad. Right. Yep. And, uh, so she, she runs over there and of course her father at the top of the steps of this park, her father's there. So they're reunited. And then, uh, next thing you know, uh, we see this lady Nanami, uh, who's like a family friend, like a real close friend of the family. And she's actually mm-hmm. carrying their little brother. Uh, cause the mm-hmm. dad had actually gone back to the house as well. And they're obviously they're wondering where their sons or his sons at, I should say. And, uh, so they got go, they take a look at his injury. They realize it's not, it's not like he's blind or anything. It's just a cut above the eyelid. So they, they address, yeah, they address his injuries. Now, Chris, this is my first gripe is they address like ghost cut, get him all stapled back up. And he takes those kind of like a champ, honestly, um, cause staples are no joke. But then we don't take a look at Ayumu's leg. That's this is my first gripe of the show because like she okay. has, she had a pretty bad cut on her leg, and Dad's got this whole first aid kit. He's got the staple gun. He's got everything. Oh yeah, they, and they just kind of gloss over it. Yeah, yeah, they don't even they don't even talk about it. <laughs> they don't even talk about it. I'm like, okay, and it's something you don't realize is important until later on. And I've actually I've only watched these first two episodes. A couple, I got to see him twice. Um, the re- the rest of the show I've only got to see one time through. Uh, but I, I just wish that like they just didn't even care. They didn't even like try to address it at all. Um, and it's going to play a big factor later on. So, Mm-mm-mm. of course, while they're all getting reacquainted, uh, their mom Mari she steps up and she's like, "Hey, I'm here too." And uh, the whole family's together basically. And um, thank goodness they're kind of just taking shelter at the top of this hill at this park. Um, and I mean, you get to see some really crazy scenes of like the the landscape and like what Tokyo has become. Like, yeah, I I think we can all. I think it's important that we say like this. This is a show like to understand like the gravity of the situation. Like for the the animation style is very it's very different. Like I I really like the way the animation was. It was almost like like photo. I don't want to say photorealistic, right? But it had that um. To me, it reminded me of movies like uh, like Waking Life and uh, um, I'm trying to think of another movie that's very, Waking Life is the one that comes right to my head. Um, but like it's almost it's almost like they animated the characters over top of real people. That's how it looked to me. Um, so like it was very emotive, and I, I I like talking about just the gravity of what was happening around. Like does not do it any justice. Yeah, I think. I think, like, the environmental look is definitely, like, like you said, kind of photorealism. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, the characters, they're almost, like, very minimalistic um, in a sense. Like, they, they don't they don't match the backgrounds, but it works. Like, it's hard to explain. Like, at first when I was watching, I was like, I don't really know if I like the way the characters are drawn. Um, mm-hmm. And then it kind of grew on me later on, um, just as the show went on. But, like, from the top of this hill, you get to see what japan has become because it is just on fire everywhere it's flooded everywhere like mm-hmm. all of the worst things that could be happening and of course before this family can like really like sit down for a second like there's basically like bodies raining out of this helicopter up in the sky chris this this show is is uh, like it, it takes some some dark turns like 
Yeah. You think they get a moment's reprieve and nope, just bodies are just raining out of this crashing helicopter above them. Oh my god, dude. And like, it just doesn't stop. Yeah, and it's like <laughs> literally raining blood. And I'm like, oh my goodness, like... But that's... Yeah, it... that, that's <laughs> Jesus. That's the first episode, folks. Yeah, that's when I was like, holy shit. Like, that was my first moment of like, fuck, this is this is not... We got. I was like, we got nine more episodes of this shit? We are, this is not gonna get better anytime soon. And uh, going right in, it doesn't. (laughs) It really doesn't. Uh, And for these, for the remaining episodes, I'm not going to go as as in depth as I went on that first episode. I just kind of wanted to like set the set the mood here, set the tone a little Mm -hmm. bit. Um, But basically, we're introduced to this boy. Is it Koga? Is his name? Yep, the kid that's always listening to the music. And Mm -hmm. basically, he's like a kid that Ayumu knows. They guess they went to school together, and they're like he used to be like a famous track star. Mm-hmm. And he kind of basically gets recruited into their group because Ayuma knows him, and he basically says his, his I think his mom died, and yep. they're like, "Well, you can come with us." And basically, the rest of the survivors, because it's not just this family up on this hill. There's like another mm-hmm. man, and like you see these explosions happening all throughout. I, I guess they're looking down upon Tokyo, and mm-hmm. so they basically they're like, "Hey, we got to get out of here," because like. The water's starting to rise, and, like, we don't want to get trapped up on this hill. And so this whole group of survivors basically starts heading off on their own and uh, basically trying to find shelter or something to try and get out of this. Obviously, it's a horrible situation to be in. Yeah, not not good. Yeah, not good at all. Um, so they basically, they head on down, down the, back down the steps they climbed up, and uh, mm-hmm. they're kind of just on this little adventure um yeah and eventually and, uh they kind of come to this like crossroads where like there's like a fork in the road basically and yep. like you could either go west or you go east and i can't remember i think they go west and the other group goes east it's basically like yep. all of our main characters go one way and the rest and everybody else yeah everybody else goes the other and um and i also believe in this episode is when we see the first of like the the social media because like their phones are still working at this point like nobody's batteries have died quite yet and yep. uh, they see this video of another one of the islands i can't remember which island of japan it is mm-hmm. um but it basically sinks underwater like you see the earthquake hitting it and like water just completely overtakes it and so this is where you kind of get like, you get the feeling of okay japan sinks like yep you've put in the title to, to this like you understand what's going on here <clears throat> and, and that kind of becomes the crux of everything it's like they're racing to get to away so they don't they don't sink along with pretty much the rest of japan mm-hmm. yeah. and uh so yeah they they go off and this is where like you get our main i think it's what six characters yeah they, they kind of go off and it's like the survival like your typical like they're they're trying to find water Trying to find food, shelter, you know, the whole nine yards. It, it gave me a vibe. And, the, you know, this it's a, it's a terrible comparison, but I can't think of one better. It reminded me of, like, a survivor group in something like The Walking Dead, just without any zombies, without a zombie apocalypse. Instead of that taking place, they're just, they've been ravaged by an earthquake. Just the, the way people acted, um, you know, because we'll come across characters that aren't so kind. Um, but that's what this group reminded me of. Just a bunch of a family 
but also a bunch of a couple of outsiders that are just kind of along for the common interest of survival. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a good comparison, actually, with The Walking Dead. Obviously, they're not fighting yeah, zombies. Just, yeah, minus the zombie apocalypse. Just, take, just Mother Nature. Yeah, they're fighting Mother yep. Nature. And, um, yeah, so they're, they're going along. They, they kind of go through, like, this small, like, destroyed city. Um, mm-hmm. And you see birds, like, picking on dead people's bones and shit like that, man. It just, like, or, like, picking at dead people. Like, you're, you're just seeing people, like, on this, like, struggling. It's just, man, it's just... It's tough. It's tough to watch in that regard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then um, eventually, Chris, we make it to <laughs> this fence, and oh boy, there's clearly a sign that says like "danger," um, like "do not enter," like all all this, all your standard like warning signs, essentially. And um, but the dad notices that there's, I guess there is it yam flowers is what they are. It's like the mm-hmm. The roots that come off of a, a Japanese yam. I, I don't mm-hmm. know anything about yams. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna be 100 honest here. But he's basically like, "Hey, if I follow this, we can dig this up, and you know, then they have a food source." Yeah, I mean, a, a yam is. I mean, a, a yam is. I don't know if a Japanese yam is the same thing, but it's, a yam is a sweet potato. Okay. Okay. That, that makes sense. I, I stay away from sweet potatoes and yams on Thanksgiving. So that's fair. Oh, see, there you go. It's the same thing. And if you don't like one, there's a one hundred and ten percent chance you're not gonna like the other. Yeah. So but, there you go. Um, but uh, the dad, he basically starts to tries to dig some out, and so he grabs a shovel, and while while he's doing that, he's got his son helping him. Uh, Ayumu and Nanami, they basically go off. They're like, "Well, let's go see if we can we can help do something," because the mom's like cleaning off some plates that they found, so everybody's kind of doing their part. And um, mm-hmm. basically, they go to look for other food, Chris, and then they see another, some more signs um, that basically oh, give them the warning that there's buried explosives nearby. From oh. I believe like 1965 is what it said. Some mm-hmm. some old time. I think it's World War II is what it is. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, just a real quick sidebar on that. Um... I, I, from what I've read, and I don't know like the full details of it, but apparently there were a lot of bombs that were dropped on Japan that did not explode. And during rebuilding, apparently it was just very expensive to properly dispose of these unexploded bombs. So they just buried them instead. Okay. Um, and with that being said, Chris, um, we get the most shocking scene I've ever oh seen. Oh my god! Um, bas- <sighs> basically, the dad he I should I should reference this. The dad the son goes and goes to help with the mom because the dad's obviously he's he's dug like this isn't no like six foot hole like you'd see in like <laughs> the movie holes like he is no, deep, yeah. he is deep down trying to get these yams and. Dude, and it all just happens so fast. You hear like the click, the tink, the oh no, the what? Uh, the it, oh my god, dude! This this fucking part. Yeah, and this this explosive goes off, and you see like the the smoke cloud shoot up. You see like the towel that the dad had around like his neck, like for sweat. It's flying in the air. 
his left fucking hand. Yeah, with, the, <laughs> with his with, wedding ring with on the it. Wedding ring on it lands right in front of his wife. I mean, he is just blown to bits, quite literally. <laughs> My first thought was maybe he'll make it. <laughs> yeah, I, I was. I was like, okay, maybe he got lucky. Please, please uh, be alive. And then you see the hand hit. And I'm like, okay, all right. There goes my favorite, oh, yeah, he, he's my favorite character dead. up to this point. is just gone. I'm like, all right. And yeah. uh, that's where this episode ends. This is like, dude, my jaw was on the floor. Like I said before, I mean, I cannot believe it. I was like, all right. This, yeah. is, this isn't this is an easygoing anime. This is going to be pretty tough, like pretty brutal yeah. from here on out. And it, I don't there know. There was nothing, nothing easygoing about what just happened. Yeah, and and I, now I mean we're basically just right into episode three, Chris, because our group is just continuing on. You know, they went from six to five, and it, it's kind of unfortunate because there's not much of a they don't really have time. Uh, I and I guess like they don't have time to grieve really. Yeah, like the like the uh, like our daughter here is just. Um she's just trying to keep it together or like, Oh, she like, like the like mom's gotta be like, she's gotta be like, we gotta keep going. We can't stop. Like, she's just really like, we gotta go. And, um, I, I've already, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm getting her name mixed up. Kachiro? No, no, no. Kachiro's the father. Um, I'm, the, I'm bad mom, with these names. The I'm, mom or the daughter? No, the daughter. Ayumu. Or Ayumu. She's like, can we stop? Like, like he's dead. Our dad is dead. And then like him, her and the mom are arguing and then like goes like, dad, make him stop. And I'm just like, oh my God, why? Why is this happening? Yeah, it, it, it's tough. Like you can tell they're all struggling with it. But like you said, Mari, the mom, she's she's definitely trying to be like the the rock for the family. She's like, look, oh we, we can't stop. We got to keep going. Um, and yeah. Uh, and then Chris uh, fortunately they when I say fortunately very loosely here uh, yeah boy howdy because we 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 get a they're kind of hitchhiking and they get a driver with this big truck and basically they they hitch a ride with him um, and Nanami's sitting up front with him and this guy's a total fucking just absolute skis bag like drinking and driving and he's like making like very like just asshole-ish comments towards her and um mm-hmm. basically they stop at like a rest stop for her to fill up on gas and i guess nanami she goes off to like wash her hands and the, the this fucking <laughs> nice just, ass yeah this creep like follows her and he's like oh nice ass you should let me fuck you and i'm like what <laughs> like, like whoa like what the fuck like and uh so he like he tries to like take advantage of her and obviously she fights back and um yeah, she she's uh she's not one to be trifled with. She's actually pretty badass. Oh yeah, uh, but of course, Chris he whips out his stun gun. Um, oh, but, but then Mama Dukes comes in with the fucking broom. That's right, fucking <laughs> like Kenny Omega the Cleaner, baby. Just get in there. That's right, and uh, <clears throat> they basically beat the shit out of this guy, um, oh, which dude, he, yeah, well he deserves. Fucks. And then they stun yes. gun the shit out of him. Dude, like they practically just like stun. Like, I was hoping they were gonna like stun gun him in the nuts. <laughs> and then Nanami, she she lands like a fucking Chun Li kick to the face on him. I was oh, like, God damn! All right, he got what he deserved. And then, uh, of course, they take his truck and they head off on their own. 
And uh, mm -mm. they basically take this truck as far as it'll go. Um, eventually, they come across a landslide, obviously caused by the earthquake. So they gotta yep. basically continue on foot again. <clears throat> and uh, I, I should mention that they gave uh, Koga the—I guess it's the guy's glasses because um, Koga's glasses were broken, and it seemed like like Nanami hands them to him, and it seems like Ayumu's like a little jealous of how Koga and Nanami are like talking, which is uh -huh. very weird. She seems like a little bit insecure, which I mean, obviously she's dealt with some some pretty shocking events just that same day, so. I can't yes. really falter too much, um, but you can tell she's like, there's like some jealousy there, um, mm -hmm. and basically, Nanami calls that like they should like head off and go to the bathroom because they both got to use the restroom. Um, so one goes to one spot and Ayumu goes to the other after she gets done using the bathroom, and just like dude, Nanami. All you just, hear is like thud. Yeah, you just hear a thud. And Nanami is down on the ground, and basically Ayumu goes to run to her, and then you see hear this voice from like this guy up in the sky, and he's basically like, "Don't go near her. That's poison gas." And it's just like he basically informs him, like, "Yeah, she died instantly. Like Nanami is just gone, like just yeah, like that. She's just just because of like toxic gas. Yeah, just just dead. Just fucking drop dead, dead." Yeah, I guess. And the guy, his name's Kite, and he explains that it's due to like the the earth's plates shifting. I, I don't know mm -hmm. how the poison gas came about. Um, but yeah, Nanami is just dead. Like that's it. just gone. Like, all right, that's our death for this episode. Yeah. And she's dead, Jim. Yeah. 100%. And he basically informs the group that like not Fuji could erupt next. And, um, he's basically <clears throat> before he heads off, go recognizes this guy as kite. And mm. Kite's, like, the number one YouTuber. And he's, like, a big famous guy. He's actually the guy that, that filmed the video of the other Japanese island getting, like, mm -hmm. going underwater, basically sinking. And um, he kind of just, he's gonna, he was going to leave. And then he, I guess, for the thrill of the adventure or something, or just because he's a good guy, he decides to leave his, like, flying machine thing behind and basically just head off with, with the group, yeah, because um, he's like, because he's like, I can only take one of you with me. Yeah, and it's uh, just so weird, just such a weird. It's kind of a, a weird thing, but he actually ends up being one of my one of my favorite characters in the whole show. Um, mm -hmm. As things go on, so you know, you lose Nanami, and they don't really have time to grieve for her. Um, yeah, and big now, facts. Now, now we have Kite. So we're, we're we went down to four for just a brief moment. Now we're back up to five five characters, and uh, that's right. And Kite grows on me. I I did I was like this guy's this guy's just such a fucking tool. But like I I like I like Kite by the end of this whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but eventually they get to the supermarket, Chris. And oh man, this they old get, fuck. They get like new clothes. They got there's some food there. Uh, that is before this old man hops out with a bow and arrow from like the rafters and just starts Dude, the old fucking legless motherfucker. Yeah, and he starts shooting at him, and this one ends where Go basically gets hit by one of these arrows, but it's like on the on his like satchel that he has on his chest. Mm -hmm. And so that's where the episode ends with Go with an arrow sticking out of his chest, and I was like, and I, I was like, no way! I was like, this is too fucking soon. 
100. Not happening. When I saw it hit the bag on his chest, I was like, okay, he's going to live. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I was like, he should be fine. Like, he should be at least be good for an episode or two. Like, <laughs> uh, Ideally. Yeah, but... Uh, but... They go to... They go run... Obviously, they rush to go, and turns out it's fine. He's fine. Mm-hmm. And the arrow, of course, hit his game console. Um, and we get to meet this old man, and he basically apologizes with some, some real bullshit excuse. He's like, oh, I didn't mean to hit you. I was just trying to, to scare you guys off. I was like, well, what? <laughs> you hit him in the you hit him square in the fucking <laughs> chest. I think you meant to hit him. Yeah, like you could have just yelled or hollered and be like, get out of yeah, here. That's right. <laughs> you didn't have to break out the fucking bow and arrow. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, but the old man, he like fixes his game console and he's like, yeah, you guys can stay here for a little while. Um, uh-huh. And he basically said there's a storm coming. And, uh, yeah, and this is kind of where you get the uh, where like they kind of reveal that like, hey man, Japan's sinking. We need to get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like the next day, Kite he has this app. I guess it's a phone app or what, whatever you want to call it. It's basically like the building is like tilted, like the mm-hmm. land that they're on is like inward or outward, however you want to call it. Like it's on a slope. Like they set down something and it like just rolls across the floor. And so like they it's like leaning in towards like the pacific ocean so they they basically got to get ready and leave and while they're getting ready to leave another earthquake occurs um and so they all basically the old man's like hey everybody get in my truck and uh we'll, we'll get out of here um and you really get to see some like some crazy scenes you see like the store basically collapse as they're pulling away mm-hmm um, and they, they're headed off to this place called Shin City. Um, not to be confused, of course, with Shell City uh, <laughs> from the SpongeBob SquarePants movie, but uh, good old Shin City. And um, eventually they, they make their way. They pick up an, another hitchhiker named Daniel, um, who's a very, very strange character. Uh, yeah, old, old English-ass Daniel. Yeah, he's like, he almost reminds me of like a magician. Like he's always pulling these little like, He'll, like, mm-hmm. pull out, like, these big eyes, these big ears. Like, he's got, like, all these little tricks up his sleeves. Yeah, I was waiting for him to pull the old quarter out from behind somebody's ear. You know, that that classic move. Yeah, it's kind of just... He kind of helps break up, like, the... I guess all, well, all the sad Yeah, shit cut some happening. of the... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, cut some of the, uh, the serious shit that's happening. 100%. I'm trying to find... I don't actually know the old man's name. I was trying to figure mm-hmm. that out. Um... But eventually they they make it to the Shin City and like they let him in and we meet. This is where the show takes a dip, uh, in, I guess in quality is what you call it. And like I don't, mm-hmm. we get to this this cult arc uh, basically, and we meet these characters. There's Osamu, who's like this man who basically shows the group around, explaining like what this area is because Shin City it's basically like. Mm-hmm. A community that has like pretty much an infinite power supply they got like solar panels for power they have like all this food and all this water and like they basically have like almost sort of like a utopia i guess you'd call it um for the situation that they're in um and it's not really explained very well yeah like how they have all this food or like how and they... it felt like it happened very quickly yeah like we're leaving like a, a store that just has scraps and like it's falling apart and like 
the ground sinking and like then they just pull up to Shin City and it's like, hey, we got all this unlimited food, unlimited water, all you can eat. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, come on in. Have yourself a steak. How about a baked potato? Yeah, and and of course there's there's Kane who is this woman who can speak to the dead, which has whatever that has to do with anything, Chris, I have no idea. Yeah. I I will say this little spot here in the middle is where things got a little awkward. 100%. Um, But you know, no, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay with it because like, I I'm okay with like the, the, what am I trying to say here? Like the, the appearance of just like some calmness, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually thought they were going to go a little bit like too far with this, and thankfully they didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought we were going to get like a full blown like okay, she talks to the dead. She's like a full blown medium, and it's really like just barely touched upon, and it mm-hmm. really has nothing to do with like yeah. progressing the story at all. It's just like a spot they stop at. Um. With the exception of the fact that they they meet the the one guy who like knows all about the earthquakes, like this part really doesn't matter too much. They basically just have a couple meals. Mm-hmm. Uh, we find out the old man that ran the store is like, was he addicted to morphine? Yeah, because it's like it's almost like yeah, it, it fucks him up pretty hard because like it, it's like he's seeing his grandson. Yeah, he thinks his grandson is like at this place at Enshin City and it's very 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 strange um but yeah um and then they have they go to like the the kids go to this party where there's just fucking cocaine and weed everywhere I'm like what What (laughs) now it's a fucking party oh that's the other thing I forgot they have unlimited power water food Chris and they have fields and fields of just weed just everywhere Mm, like good stuff which I mean, I don't, I don't know what the laws are in Japan, but I'm pretty sure it's probably illegal. It might not be. I don't know. Um, but they have, like, acres and acres of just yeah. weed. And they're, like, using it in all their food. Like, pot brownies for everybody, Chris. Oh, man. That, 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 now, I, I can get down with this. This is, uh, <laughs> this is the kind of cult I can join, my friend. Um, but, yeah. Um, so, basically, it, it's just, like, a, a, a crazy weird spot in the show. Um, the next morning, basically after this big party that they go to, Kite has no memory of like what he what happened. Um, and Ayuma kind of questions like, "Hey, why haven't you left Japan? Like you're rich, like you can." Mm-hmm. And Kite's basically like, "Well, it just seems interesting. Like he just seems like, yeah. He just wants to experience like what's happening here." Um, mm-hmm. But then Chris, old boy uh, Kunio, the old the old man, he uh. He breaks out his bow one more time. Oh my god! Chris, he hops in this this like motorized wheelchair, and he and he goes <laughs> up to like I guess save his grandson. I that he thinks is his grandson is basically like this this boy named Lord Dachi who they like, mm-hmm. they like worship basically in this. I I I don't know what's going on here. Um, yeah, I know it's a weird. Cudio hits the three sixty no scope with the with the bow and arrow. <laughs> <laughs> and then he takes out, takes out a couple more guys and then basically kidnaps Lord Dachi, puts him in the truck and he's like, I'm taking you home and uh crashes the gate crashes the car into the gate at Shin City and uh 
Yeah, that's and right. they, they lock they lock his ass in the dungeon for this. Yeah, and then we're moving right along into episode six, uh, which unfortunately is still in this um, cult area, the Shin City. Yes. Um, but at this point, we get to we get to introduce to Mister Onodero, because um, basically, you can stay in Shin City, like rent free. You can eat all you want. You can drink all you want. You can probably smoke all you want at this point. Um, Beautiful. But like, you can volunteer to help out, which obviously our group, being a majority of nice guys, except for nice guys, yeah, gals, except for maybe Cuneo, because uh, he's kind of yeah. crazy. Um, they basically all volunteer to help out, and Ayumu's basically helping out at like as like a like a fill-in nurse sort of, um, and she's in charge of taking care of this Mister Onadera. Mm-hmm. who is actually, I guess he's the guy who predicted the earthquakes happened. Yes. Um, yeah, was, I, I, I like, I, I don't know, I like this character. No, I, I absolutely like him. Um, I just wish there was more, like, saying how he got to this, to Shin City. Like, it, he's yeah. like, he, like, can't talk. He, he's like... It's like he's paralyzed. Like, yeah. he can, like, he can just, like, move, like, a finger here, a finger there. Yeah, he can, like, blink and... Um, mm-hmm. Basically, he's like tapping on like the the railing of his bed in the hospital, and yep, and like blinking his eyes. Yeah, and Ayumu basically uses her phone to kind of learn Morse code, and he basically he basically warns him there's more earthquakes coming, like bigger earthquakes, like all all this stuff. And obviously, Ayumu warns warns the rest of the group, um, but of course, this cult is having this like festival to celebrate this kid. I, dude, mm-hmm. the the cult shit gets gets wild here. Um, but basically, our group's trying to get out of there. They're like, "Look, we got to get the fuck oh, out of here. Like, we got to go." And yeah, uh, it's time time to mosey. Yeah, and they try to rescue the old man. And uh, <laughs> I guess we'll kind of get to that here in a second. We get like, dude, it, it gets weird here. Like, I I I don't understand what what I'm watching. Because uh, there's like a random character that's like stealing from from like stealing these gold bars from like the the head council group, like that mm-hmm. the old lady that can talk to the dead is a part of. Like I, they they lost me here for quite a bit. Um, but eventually, our group makes their way out, and the old man basically stays behind, and f- I I guess he fights off like the other like crazy people in this cult group uh, dude uh, i i really can't yeah. even explain what i'm watching at this point like this is the yeah. lowest point in the show um <laughs> i won't argue with that yeah and it's really hard to explain like i i don't actually know what i'm watching um until the kid gets crushed by the rock that's <laughs> that part chris is hilarious because... no because like hey well it comes out of nowhere because he's like thank you mother <laughs> Yeah, this this kid hasn't been able to talk this entire time, and he gets crushed by a rock, like right in front of his mom. He's basically like, "Thank you, mother." And I'm like, "Wait, he can talk?" <laughs> fucking splat. Doesn't matter because yeah, basically an earthquake happens, and everybody in the in the group pretty much just loses their shit here. Not not in our main yeah, character yeah. group. Uh, yeah, just everybody here at this this cult. Yeah, but uh. Eventually, they all they all manage to escape, except for, of course, Cuneo. Um, he he stays behind. 
and he like shoot uses the bow to kind of give the others a chance to get out of there from these like crazy lunatics that are inside this cult mm-hmm. um and then our boy daniel he like stays behind um but they actually get mr onadera the immobilized i like, he's not Man, he's he's not paralyzed he doesn't bring much to the table but he's immobilized so they basically just throw him in the back of the truck and yeah, they, this uh, he doesn't bring much to the table here. He can't really can't really do much. Yeah, and they they head out, and pretty much the building just collapses on this this cult group. Um, thankfully, because yeah. shit got weird here. Um, definitely the first moment where I was like, I it took me out of the show, and it was really hard to get like mm-hmm. kind of back invested. It was very out of place. Um, I will say that. Like, I, if the, if there was a, a spot to consider like a low point in the show, it's definitely like what like this part or like everything we've just witnessed up to this point. Yeah, there's just like it's just too much. Like, and, mm-hmm. and most of it's unnecessary. And I think we could have spent more time. I don't know, maybe learning more about like our characters, or mm-hmm. maybe sitting down and like having a good cry because like. Their family friend died. Boy. Dad died. Like, like yeah, a good cry definitely needed to. Yeah, be we, we we could have had a nice good cry episode. Instead, we got a lady Boy. talking to the dead, a kid that can't speak. We got like a weird sex scene out of nowhere with the old lady and like some random dude. I'm like, I, yeah, what is happening? And then next thing you know, an earthquake happens and kills them all. So yeah, it was very much a what the fuck. <laughs> yeah, um, but anyhow. Our, our group is now, of course, we have the mother, the daughter, the son, and then we have uh, Mr. Onodera, is that his name? Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we have Koga and Kite. Um, so they're basically on, they're heading off to, they basically, like, the road kind of ends, there's all these cars piled up, and there's really nowhere else for them to go. Um, but it turns out, they've, they've been listening to, like, the radio. And there's these evacuation ships, and there's like a there's like a lottery system. Um, so ba- basically, they they head down to try and see if they can get on one of these evacuation ships. And uh, yep, for some reason, these ships have like that. There's like an ID check thing, and it turns out Ayumu runs into like her team coach um, from when she was yeah. doing the track and field stuff, and she's like, hey you basically get to get on because you're an athlete, I guess is what it is. Uh, like the government's basically selected like younger people with like a promising future to mm-hmm. kind of just be, get first dibs. It's very strange, but uh, you know, I'll, I'll roll with it. And uh, obviously of course, Ayumu doesn't want to leave her. her like, doesn't want to leave her her mom and her brother behind um but her mom convinces her basically hey you got to get on the ship and uh basically gives her a hug and ayumu feels something like around mari's waist um but Mm -hmm. her her mom tells her no it's nothing and uh so then she gets on the ship and uh I, i think she like googles like ayumu like googles real quick on her phone like what exactly this could be on her mom's like what she Mm -hmm. felt and it turns out it was a battery because her mom had heart surgery um so ayumu like hops off the ship runs to her mother and basically like 
find we find out that her, I guess her mom had surgery in the United States, which is why she was flying back. I mm-hmm. is what I gathered from this. Um, and so she's basically like she's staying with her mom. She's not going anywhere because obviously <laughs> it seems like her mom. This is the moment where I realize like her mom's on a time clock at this point. Like mom's not going to make it to the end of this show. Um, yep. Yep, I agree. So the ship departs and of course as soon as the ship like <laughs> is basically like letting go of the dock mount fuji erupts chris <laughs> they just can't like, fucking win they literally can't win and like there's new earthquakes happening and then like basically everybody heads to the truck they get out of there um our boy koga gets hit by like a metal rod f- flying out of mount fuji i i don't i can't even explain it um but yeah, basically, oh, and Mr. Onadera predicted all of this, by the way. He, yep. He like, because while, while they're going to see if they, they've won the lottery, I say won the lottery very loosely there as well, um, mm-hmm. uh, Onadera's like typing, or he's using Kite's phone, and he's like, another earthquake coming, another earthquake coming, like danger, danger, basically. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, man, Fuji. Danger, Will Robinson. Yeah, Fuji erupts and... Basically, they 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 kind of discuss uh, Mr. Onodera's theory that like when Fuji erupts, it'll cause an enormous cavern underneath Japan, and like due to the weight of like the land, I guess it'll cause Japan to sink into it. Mm-hmm. Um. So they all hop. They're all back in the truck, and they're 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 driving away. And uh, dude, these guys just can't catch a break, Chris. Because then they they pull up to it. They see like this sh- like. It almost looks like a ferry, kind of. Uh, like a ferry mm-hmm. that like will take you across the river or something. Um, but it's like... It's like... <laughs> almost like <laughs> another cult, really. Because uh, they go to try and get on this ferry and like it's... They're like, oh, are you mixed? No, you can't get on. Like, this is Jap- yeah. Japan only. And I'm like... Because her, her mother... Their mother is foreign. She's uh, I believe she's Filipino, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I can't... Is either Puerto Rico or... Oh no no she's yeah. from the Philippines she's from the Philippines yeah right. and uh, yeah and like the son and like the daughter they're obviously half Japanese half Filipino it's like these guys are like basically just refuse them to get on this vessel and uh, but th- fortunately for them there's like another old man he's basically like hey you guys can ride with me trust me my ship's more sturdy yada 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 and they they head off on his boat instead. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, like this weird cult boat just blows up out of nowhere. So, I, Chris, I, I can't even explain why why that was even in the show to begin with. Uh, dude, but dude, you're, I'm I'm all shoulders on that one. <laughs> but now they're on this boat with this old man and his like small crew, um, which of course, due to like all these like tsunamis and earthquakes and all this stuff, and this b- other boat blowing up. Like, the pieces of that boat hit this boat, causing this boat to start to sink. So they, like, set up the lifeboats. And yeah, they're not having an awesome time. Yeah, they really can't catch a break. And so they, they got one lifeboat, and then they have, like, a life raft thing. It's like a tent raft. I don't know what to call it. Um, a thing. It's a thing. Basically, Go Ayumu and the, the captain of the ship, they're in this raft tent thing, and everybody else was on the lifeboat. Mm-hmm. Um. And they basically get separated, and uh, 
they basically see like this this island and or what they think is land so they like row over to it mm-hmm. turns out chris this is like the roof of like a skyscraper or like a building um so yeah we got we got some serious sinkage happening here officially japan has sunk and yeah that's that's where episode seven ends um yeah we we need a breather jesus an, christ an absolute breather you know it's funny we actually did take a breather there but yes episode eight is where we are heading into now for for those keeping score at home that's right chris and uh basically it's the two siblings it's ayumi ayumu and go and they're basically just trapped at sea on this raft thing mm-hmm. um and they basically ayumu dozes off and when she wakes up in the middle of the night she hears some noises chris and turns out the the boat owner is just dead and uh <laughs> yep getting eaten by like some seagulls and uh so she scares him off and <laughs> before she could even like check the old man's body which obviously this old man is dead uh <laughs> chris just a shark eats him <laughs> yeah yeah why the fuck not just a fucking shark so you know <laughs> yeah to that i say why not that's right and um so basically, the the brother and the sister they just kind of they're they're basically trapped. They have no water, no food. All they really have is like a flashlight. And Yumu uses that, and basically to like signal like an SOS su- signal. Um, and then <laughs> it's pretty much just these two for for the most part. Um, they manage to like catch some fish and like grab this bird. I, and they basically like get managed to get these fish to survive and uh basically just eat yeah. these fish raw and fortunately That's for not good. fortunately for them though uh, a boat hits them mm-hmm. and they unzip the tent to his mom and uh Koga. Excuse me, got the beer burps already. Um uh, That's okay. And so Ayumu obviously she she thinks this is just a dream. Um, it turns out this is reality. Yeah. Like they are, they are reunited with their mother, with their friend Koga, and they basically explain, "Hey, we got separated from Kite, um, mm-hmm. and obviously Mister Onodera." Um, so mm-hmm. basically, they they head off on on this boat now, and they kind of, like I think Go makes a compass for them so they know which way they're going. Because, uh, like, Mr. Onodera basically has these coordinates that, like, to go to. Um, which we don't really find out what that's all about. Uh, at least I don't remember, like, knowing what that is about. But there's these coordinates that Mr. Onodera has, like, instructed everybody to, to go to. And so they start to travel. And, of course, they come across another boat. Yep. And this is a boat with, like, an actual motor and all that stuff. And uh, Mom heads over mm-hmm. Manages to start it, but Chris, this thing is like stuck to the dock, which is underwater. So obviously, like yeah, this is obviously like a boat. You just tie it to a dock, you're good. But when the water rises like crazy, like now the boat's up in the air, essentially like at the top of the water, and the dock's way down low. And basically, somebody's gotta gotta be the hero here. And yeah, we got we got some tough stuff coming up right here, my friend. Yeah, because mom's mom's cardiac device thing, the battery it's, just just died. Yep. 
And so she's basically... My hands were shaking, like, yeah, watching this Like, her, her time is very limited, and, um... Like, she basically, like, Mari... Or, Ayumi tries to, like, say, hey, you know, we can charge your battery. Yada, yada, yada. And she, Mom's like, no, look. You, 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 get the, you get the gist here. Like, it's, it's her time. She's like, I used to be a pro swimmer, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And so she decides to dive down, Chris, be the hero, freeze the boat. And, uh basically she I, I, she drowns on the way back up mm-hmm. and so she frees the rope of course um, Ayumu and Koga they hop in pull her out um, basically the whole ending of this episode is just them trying to give her CPR and like god knows yeah it's a pretty tough scene to watch um, <clears throat> but yeah Mama Dukes is, is no more they're unsuccessful at the CPR, unfortunately, and now it's just Koga and the two kids. Ugh. Which brings us right into episode nine. Um, <clears throat> they basically release their mother's body to the sea. They like say their say their goodbyes, and they start to head towards Onodera's coordinates. And um, fortunately, they they get one break here. They find some like they find like a a boat that had flipped over and there's like food and water and like cases of water just pretty much everything they would need um mm-hmm. so they at least got some food and water and all that stuff and but of course then moments later Chris their boat stops so like you feel really bad because like their mother like sacrificed Dude, herself for for fucking nothing yeah. like it's the it's the ultimate like we've survived this long you know, we've got we've lost people along the way. Our mom, our fucking mom, just died to help us. And this is the shit that happens. Like, fuck, man. You want to talk about, like, the worst day ever? Yeah, it almost... I don't know why it reminds me of this. I guess it is semi-similar. Um, have you ever seen The Mist, Chris? Yes, yes. Like, at the end of The Mist, when the guy shoots everyone else, and then, like... At- the army comes rolling like, through right every, afterwards. Everything's like fine and safe, and it's just like wow. Um, it reminds yeah. me of that a little bit because like, like she literally just sacrificed herself for nothing. I mean, granted, her battery on her like pacemaker thing or whatever you call it, um, mm-hmm. it was it it obviously ran out, and obviously they can't charge it out in the middle of the sea. So, like, it's tough. Um, yeah, it's but, definitely the, the ultimate just fuckaroo. Uh, and then our boy Kite, the YouTube star he is, comes rolling up Chris in this, right. like military vehicle. It's like can work on land, it can work on sea, it's everything you want. Fucking tank boat. Yeah, and um Basically they now they're they got the, the perfect vehicle. Um and they kinda just head on their way, they're on their way to Onadera's coordinates and mm-hmm. um they make a brief stop at this lighthouse, and uh, they decide to basically just take a break. You know, which well deserved from this this group of of characters. And yes, absolutely. We get this fun little scene where like everybody kind of joins in, and like Kite puts on some music, and they all start rapping to it. You know, the fucking Springside Cipher, baby. That's right. It, it, it's 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 an unusual scene, but it's it's kind of a fun fun little scene here. Um, yeah, I, I think it's one of those scenes where, like, it's one of those, like, let me up kind of scenes where, like, everybody just needed 
we needed this breather as the as the watcher. I know I did. Like I thought the the hip hop thing was kind of kind of different. Um, I mean, granted, I, I like that. They, they all got fucking bars, man. Like they, they can rap. Oh yeah. <clears throat> but no, nah, it was good. It was really really neat and much needed. Yeah, it's definitely like a little, just a little break for once. Um, yes. Even like Onadera, he like he like tunes in and he like <laughs> uses his Morse code to say like he'll punch everybody that mocks him or something yes. like that. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. I love uh, it. And they take like one of their classic group photos. Basically, they always take photos. The mom usually is the mm-hmm. one who does this. Um, so they take like a group photo and then they kind of head off to Onadera's coordinates. Um, mm-hmm. And basically, Kite tells him like the old man told them that. It's the last place in Japan that can withstand natural disaster. And so, basically, yeah, they, they, they head over to there. And uh, when they re- get there, there's a cave. And basically, Kite tells everybody else to get off the the tank boat thing. And that he's going to go into this, this cave. And there's like a secret base at the back of it. And so he takes Onodera. And they head in there. And basically, it's like... I guess this is like Onadera's hideout. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I, and so like they basically is trying to transfer this data to like this USB drive that turns out is one of Mister Onadera's teeth, Chris. Like, it gets a little there's, weird. There's some re- some real janky stuff here. There's a lot of secret agent shit happening here for yeah. no reason. I'm trying to figure out like how Onadera knows all this stuff because he's just right about everything. Um, Look, he's a man that does his research, that's for sure. Yeah, so they get all this information transferred to this USB drive. Um, but, of course, there's an earthquake because like, these guys can't catch a break. No, of course not. So, like, the room starts filling up with water. He's like, look, I can only carry you and one oxygen tank, old man, so we'll just pass the mouthpiece back and forth. Mm-hmm. And, of course, this old man is, like, paralyzed. Of course, the tank they grab, like, Kite takes the last breath of oxygen out of it it seems like and then onadera is just and because the tank has a hole in it so mr onadera turns out he's not actually able to breathe at all and of course he can't he can't like tap on the shoulder and be like hey i i can't breathe excuse me <laughs> so when he gets back up the old man obviously is unconscious and mm-hmm. now kite has to give the old man cpr yeah he's like i don't want to kiss you yeah and uh of course, like, it's a very emotional moment. Like, obviously, we just yeah. lost the mom, like, moments before. Yeah. And so, like, he's given the old man CPR. He's like, I've never failed at anything, all this stuff. And basically, like, his last hit to the dude's chest, Mr. Onodera, like, coughs up the water. And... Yeah, very very classic uh, movie trope there. Yeah. Just about to give up, and it's like... <gasps> yeah, and, but it, it, was, it was nice, because, like... Yes. I mean, we just released mom like mm-hmm. moments before and um uh, it's just nice to for the for the group to catch a break nice for a, a win for a while yeah and uh of course chris as soon as this man like gets a chance to breathe some air they get hit by like a huge wave and like mm-hmm. the hard or the usb hard drive whatever you want to call it gets swept away and it's like at the end of this like structure that they're all standing on and, like, they start counting, like, how many seconds they have before the waves come back. And, like, it's basically, yep. like, a good sprint away. Um, 
And so our boy Koga decides this is his chance to be a hero here. And you kind of get almost immediately, like, now it's his turn to die, basically. Um, yeah, they really, uh, yeah, they, they really, uh, what am I trying to say here? It's like, what they, they make a big deal about what's, uh, you know, what's happening here. So, you, you know, you know Koga's dead. Oh, 100%. And um, Koga being like the former like track and field star, he uh, he he makes the sprint. He's got ten seconds. He gets to the thing to the hard drive. He runs back, and right as he's getting close, he he throws the the hard drive to Ayumu, who catches it, and then, blam! He's hit by a wave, Chris, and uh, that's the end of our boy. Just fucking Haro gone, Koga. He is he just is, gone. Yeah, he is gone. You almost think for like a second maybe he'll get away, but no. Nope. Only one time per episode can somebody get saved and Onadera use that up. And, uh, so our boy Koga is now no more. So now we are down to the brother, Go, the sister Ayumo, Kite, and then Mr. Onadera. So our squad is down to four. Um, but fortunately, yes, they do have the USB drive or the hard drive, whatever you want to call it. Um, mm-hmm. Thank goodness. Yeah, so now they basically they continue like on on their journey here. Um, Kite ends up connecting the the hard drive to his phone, and he basically realizes that Onadera and like the science that he had been researching like explains basically like how Japan will sink and also how it'll rise like years and years down the road. Um, it will rise again. Cody. That's right. It will rise again. And uh, fortunately, they come across come across like the perfect supplies to build a raft. Um, That's convenient. So they build this raft, and uh, mm-hmm. then <laughs> then of course they they basically like they head off on <laughs> on this journey. Like it's almost like castaway. Like they're just mm-hmm. rafting along here <laughs> <laughs> until they find a hot air balloon. In the ocean, Chris. <laughs> yes. The kite's like, yeah, if I can fix this. And so he, he manages to fix it. And, like, they... I don't know how a hot air balloon fills up with the air. I'm going to keep it 100% here. Um, but he, he, yeah, fix, I mean, he fixes this, this hot air balloon. He knows it's, like, one of his. So, mm-hmm. very lucky. Which he says, like, throughout the episode, he's like... I'm the luckiest. Like I, I never, I never like lose at luck, or I always. Yeah, he's got uh, some, my, I never lose, or yeah. He's got some like lucky little phrase he keeps saying, and he basically yep. just hops on this balloon. He's like, "All right, it's been fun. See you guys later." Yeah, he just like fucking pieces out. I was <laughs> like, "Get, get out of here!" Yeah, I'm like, like he's leaving these. Two, I, now, to be fair, like literally, all that's left is the paralyzed old man and two children. <laughs> I, li- I like to think after all of this, he wouldn't just be like, all right, y'all got this. I'm out. Yeah, you'd <laughs> think, I'm going to head out. You would think he would at least explain what he was doing, maybe, beforehand. But no. Right? He just like... <clears throat> yeah, and so he basically takes off on this hot air balloon thing. And it's like freezing like to the heights he's getting to. So he's like... Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> he's freezing so bad, like the animation is like... <laughs> yeah, and, and that's and and that's normal. Like that that's some that's some normal shit when it yeah. comes to hot. I didn't realize he was that high. Yeah, and basically he has to get to a certain height, and 
the phone that Ayumo and Go have, they, it reconnects to the internet. Mm-hmm. Go realizes that the balloon was actually used for internet connection, and um, I guess, yep. like, they use that. Um, like, uh, uh, basically, a helicopter flies by and picks up the connection off the GPS on the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, kind of just comes to the rescue and saves saves our group, Chris. Finally, they they get a break. Like, they yeah. actually get, like, I... a real break. Like, a Yumu Go and oh, Mr. Onodero get saved by this helicopter. Of course, they oh. lose internet connection, so we don't know what happens to our boy Kite. Mm-hmm. Um, this was... This was much needed. Oh, 100%. Um, of course, right when they get on the helicopter, Ayumu collapses. Because, Chris, this, this wound on her leg is looking pretty pretty severe. Um, yes. And throughout the show, you can kind of, if, you, if you're paying attention, you can notice that it's getting like progressively worse and worse. Yeah, it's like, they, it's like gray on her skin, and like she's wincing in pain, having like, trouble walking in some some like, situations. You can tell it's infected, and she like falls down like at certain parts, and like mm-hmm. they never address it. And it's really weird, and I don't know why they don't. Yeah. Like even when they have like a first aid kit, they like, like, yeah, even when they were there with, like, the cult that had supplies, like... Yeah, I'm like, why is no one... Fi- like, they have a hospital, yeah. like, a whole hospital yeah. <laughs> taking like, care hey, of, like, a paralyzed way, man. <laughs> like, why don't you just go... I got this shit on my leg <laughs> that is bothering me. You might want to take a look at it. <laughs> yeah, that's a huge oversight. A uh, pretty massive oversight. But I, I don't want to get too big into the gripes until we get through this. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, the helicopter takes them to Russia. And it seems like Russia and, like, a lot of the other countries just throughout the world, basically, are kind of doing whatever they can to try and aid Japan. Yep, there's definitely a a unification. Like, if everybody, everybody would be putting the Japan flag on their, uh, on their Facebook page, Mm -hmm. you know, if this were real life. Yeah, and basically the doctor explains to her that, hey, your leg's infected, and if if we don't amputate it, you're going to die. Yeah, your life is in jeopardy. The only thing we can do is amputate your leg. Uh, The what? That's right. And then we, uh, basically, we, we, we flash forward a little bit here, um, and we see, basically, Ayumu, I guess she's in recovery at this point mm-hmm. after the amputation, and she gets a notification that Kite has uploaded a new video, and um, basically this video is like, it. I, I guess it was after they left Shin City, um, mm-hmm. so it was like an automatic upload that he set up, and it's for, it's her birthday. Yeah. Uh, it's got this Kite. One- this is where like the emotions start. This is oh, where the man. emotional roller coaster starts at the end, man. Oh uh, yeah, it's like it's got kite, it's got Mari, Go, it's got Koga, the, the whole fucking the, family, the whole man. gang except for this is after their father passed away. Yeah, it's basically all of them saying like happy fifteenth birthday to her and like, you know, saying all this nice stuff. And obviously, this this is where it gets real, real sad. Um, but. Um, <clears throat> Basically, we, we flash, we see, like, Go, and they, they're basically, I guess they're living in Russia at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, Go manages to recover, like, their mom's account, so they get to see, like, all these images and videos that their mom had saved from their childhood, and you get to, kind of gets, like, Oh, some... my God, dude, this part, like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting on the couch, like, like, doing that shit, and I was just like, yeah, it, it's very sad. Trying to hold it together, it's man. Basically it's basically like, a fucking... Yeah, it's basically two kids watching, like, looking at their old photo albums and, like, watching the videos of them growing up, and it's like, man. Fuck, man. man. 
four kids. Um, yes. But then we flash to eight years later, and mm-hmm. most of Japan's still underwater. Um, mm-hmm. But basically, yeah, they do. This is a neat like time jump here. Yeah, um, we kind of see it's being like, narrated the whole time. Yeah, we kind of see like Japan is starting to reemerge, just like Onodera and the other the other guys, Tadokuro, Tadokuro. Um, which I wish we got to hear more about that guy, like other than just his name. Um, and mm-hmm. and maybe they did, and it was just like a small scene that I don't remember. Um, but basically, it's like they have this data. Uh, obviously, they've done a ton of research. They knew all this was going to happen. Um, and it basically shows that Japan will fully emerge in a hundred years, and like the the first parts start to rise, and like yeah, like every few years and things like that, they mm-hmm. give like a definite like a finite like time amount. Yeah, and Ayumu actually ends up writing like a like a book about the events during and after the earthquake, and uh, and it becomes like super popular. Like obviously, like she's obviously she has like a pretty incredible story here. Mm-hmm. Um. <clears throat> And then our boy Go, he uh, he ends up being like a fucking professional, like Olympic esports player, like yeah, and like he moves to Estonia. Yeah, what's but he, he like, but what's really cool is like again, there's still like all these ties to Japan. Like, it, it's like very few people are living in Japan because like they rebuild it. But like, it was really cool. He's like he lives in Estonia, but he wanted to represent Japan for this event. Yeah, so he's like playing the esports. It's like the game that he was playing on his on his. Which is really weird that that's. I mean, I guess it's not that weird considering a lot of games that are. I, I'm old. I have that no. I have no concept of how old things are. Or time. <laughs> yeah, so. it's basically like he's playing just a game like professionally, like as an esport, and so like he's, he, and he's representing Japan, like you said, like even though people like can't really live there, like people are still representing it, and um, like mm-hmm. they win the championship, and then we see. We flash over to Yumu, and you could tell she's on like a track and field, and it's like the Olympics. Like she comes walking out with like Team Japan, and uh-huh. uh, of course, then we we actually realize it's the Paralympics because obviously her leg was amputated, um, and she's got like I don't know what those things are called, but it's like the leg replacement. Like you see all the any runner that's in like the Paralympics that's missing a leg, they have these. I don't know what to call those things. You know what I'm talking about, Chris? Oh yeah, she she it's has like the, like blade. the I almost call it yeah, blade. like the I, I don't I, I do not know what they're called, and like you the, know, pardon my ignorance on that, but yeah, like it's practically the um, it's like the replacement for like the lower half of her leg. Um, yeah, and it, you you see like Olympic athletes, or I guess uh, for any sort of um, I don't want to not it's not Paralympics, or maybe it is, or like not Special Olympics, but it's a. Uh, yeah, it's for that particular is it Paralympics? Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, that's just what like those athletes use when they're missing a leg, you know. I'm trying to see the actual name of what it's called. Yeah, I would definitely like to know. Let's see here. Let's see if I can do a little quick research here. Prosthetic um, equipment. What's the actual name? I actually can't find. The full-blown name of this thing. Um, but but anyhow, um, she's basically competing in the Paralympics, representing Japan, and uh, basically she takes off running, and then um, we see that Onodera had created an AI. Um, basically, this is what I'm kind of confused about, is uh-huh. 
it's it seems like Kite is dead at this point. I thought Kite was dead uh, because Onodera created this like AI that's pretending to be Kite. And it's like keeping mm-hmm. up his videos and his streams. Uh, but then we see a man in the audience at the Paralympics watching a Yumu, and it's actually Kite. Like you can see, like the logo is the same as his logo, and mm-hmm. he's basically watching Ayumu like participate. And uh, yeah, that that pretty much wraps up Japan sinks, Chris. Um, yeah, just a total emotional roller coaster. Because uh, like, and just to, because if I remember it correctly, that the 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 last episode was being narrated by the main character but it was also it's almost like they had written a book about this yeah she wrote like a novel um, yeah basically uh just talking about her experiences you know like before and after and during the earthquake or the earthquakes mm-hmm. i should say um so it's very interesting uh you get to you get to relive some of those moments that, like, you hear him talk about. So, like, when the dad was digging up, like, the uh, mm-hmm. the yams, like, you hear him in the background, like, after the explosion goes off. It's, like, it's almost like a flashback, but it's just their voices. He's like, Ayama, you, you love yams, yada, yada, yada. And, like, you get to see that moment. Or, like, when their mom dies, you hear, like, another moment. And you get to kind mm-hmm. of, like, relive all these little moments, like, throughout this whole, like, flashback and, like, I don't know. It's, it's just very. It's a cool. It's a cool like, a cool like final scene. I should say, or final episode. Yes. I. It was. I'm glad that we got resolution. Yeah, one hundred percent. It was a. It was a sad, sad journey, but we made it to the end. And it, those prosthetic legs are called running blades, actually. Running blades, okay. Running blades. Um, looks like they're made by Oscar Pistorius. Pistorius? Um, okay. Yeah. Looks like their official name is Running Blades. Is what? Okay, okay, okay. Cool, cool, cool. Um, but yeah, so, yeah, forgive us for, for not knowing the actual for, name. Forgive our ignorance. That's right. Um, but yeah, Chris, that's Japan Sinks, man. I I did not expect a show that was going to be like this, like, really heart-wrenching. Um, and I, I loved it. I, I'll say I loved it. Yeah, I, I, it definitely had me hooked um, from from the jump, um, mm-hmm. and I do have some gripes about it, um, and we'll we'll kind of dive into that. But I mean, overall, it's it's pretty great. Um, mm-hmm. Apparently, the sub is pretty bad. Um, I've heard mm-hmm. that on many reviews online that I saw, um, but mm-hmm. that's why I watch things in dubbed because you never know when when the tides are going to turn and the subs going to be worse true. than the dub. <laughs> that's uh, right. But uh, yeah. Overall, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I do have a few gripes. I feel like the deaths were... They almost seemed like you couldn't get through an episode without like a major character dying. Mm-hmm. Um, like At first, with the dad and with Nanami, like it really like was crazy. Like It was jaw-dropping moments. Um, but the more it went on, it was kind of just like... It, it almost got old, and it felt like it was just there for shock value. For the Ooh. sake of having somebody not make it. Yeah, which was... I don't know. I, I started to like some of these characters, and I was like, "Oh, what, I mean, one of you can't make it through this next twenty minutes." So, mm-hmm. um, no, absolutely. And but like some of the, there's tons of positives. Like the the cinematic scenes, like when there's like a landslide or an earthquake, it really like, really like makes you feel like it's happening in the, in that world, and like, mm-hmm. uh, like the shots of just the landscape and the buildings and like, like the flooding, like like the water rising, like all that looked incredible. Some of the character models look 
a little sketchy at some parts. Um, especially like when kites flying off on that on that air balloon. Oh, he, he's just a snot nose looking. <laughs> yeah. He is a mess. It looks like it's like five frames five frames per second, but yeah, yeah. our boy is a mess. Um, One heated mess. Overall, I liked it. I really did enjoy it. There, there is some some plot holes that I have some gripes mm-hmm. about, like where did Kite randomly show up with this tank? Um, how did Mister Onadera get to this cult group? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, just a few other like various like little little gripes I have. Um, yeah, the honestly, I mean, now that we talk about it, the the leg injury is pretty. Yeah, the, that's a big one. That's a big one. Yeah, especially like. It would be one thing if they didn't have any supplies, but like, yeah, the leg, and that wasn't like a "oops, I forgot about it" kind of thing. Yeah, and like the leg was injured, like when the dad was fixing up the son's eye. The mm-hmm. leg was injured, like we said, when they were at Shin City and they had all these supplies and like a full running hospital. Mm-hmm. And she's working as a nurse and not going, "Hey, you know my leg kind of fucking hurts." <laughs> hey, pops. Like maybe my leg hurts. Maybe we could just fix this up at some point and. You know, I don't know. I think maybe they should have had the injury happen at a later time. Mm-hmm. And it would have felt more like, like okay, maybe it gets infected, like, while they're stuck in the life raft, you know, like that. Yeah. That makes a lot more sense. Um, but all, all that being said, Chris, even with my gripes, I think the show is really, really good. Um, Absolutely. I agree with it. I agree with it so much that it is a, on a very high part in my, uh, spot in my ranking, sir. Yeah, Chris, that's, a, that's what we're moving into next. So where, where are you going to put this one on your rankings? Honestly, um, small gripes aside, I think this one takes my top spot. Okay. Um, and I say that because, well, A, because it's going to be short. It's going to be a short-lived reign because My Hero Academia is coming up next. Mm-hmm. But... Anytime I watch something, like I'm not, I'm not really a sensitive person. I'm not really, you know, I, I, I'm realistic. Mm-hmm. But like when a, a show, when fictional characters can elicit like a pretty, I, I don't want to say I'm cold, but like, you know, if it's something that isn't real, like it's hard for me to become emotionally invested right. in characters. But like when it, when a show or a book or when something can do that. Like, it, it leaves an impression on me, right? And I think because, you know, there, like, this was, I mean, there was no, this, this was a very, you know, grounded anime. There were no, there were no jutsus, there were no quirks, there were no spaceships, there were no anime fight scenes, nobody was shooting fireballs out of their hand, you know, we're not turning into giant apes here, like, these were real people in a real situation. That could kind of happen honestly yeah i'm not so, sure, i'm not sure if japan can actually sink like that but i mean obviously it's no stranger to like earthquakes and things like that yeah um, absolutely absolutely but so you're putting this um, number one on the on the yeah this is number one this is number one number one a new a new, new top dog on the chris adams list that's right i never would have expected this out of like a show that we that I tried nominating like ten times. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I really didn't expect it to be as good as it was. Like, dude, the first two episodes, ten out of ten, one hundred percent. I mean, I never, never thought the show would be as good as it was. Um, unfortunately, I'm going to put it a little bit lower on my list. Mm-hmm. Um, j- 
just because I have some gripes about it. So I think I'm gonna I'm gonna put it just in between Helsing Ultimate and Castlevania. So it'll be fourth on my list. Um, okay. With Death Note, Cowboy Bebop, and Castlevania <laughs> above it. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, it's just the little gripes I have about the show, and like some of the quote unquote like plot holes. Um, just drop it a little bit lower on my list, but all in all, I mean, I was blown away by a good portion of this show. Uh, I'm glad it got nominated. I'm glad it, or I'm glad it got nominated. I nominated it, but I'm glad it got chosen. I should say. Um, and yeah, it's it's definitely it's it's one of the top dogs that we we've covered on this show for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I was very very impressed with it. I was I was actually looking at. Uh, some they say some parts of Japan are actually sinking a little bit, but like the mountains are getting higher because of the plates touching together. Um, really, the big thing that could destroy Japan is like it's the same thing that could destroy pretty much. I want to say like see like Seattle, Washington. Like I want to say that's like a giant that, that that city's just pretty much sitting on a giant super volcano. Um, and I want to say it says here like uh, not Tokyo, but um, I, don't, I can't pronounce that is. Pretty much, there's a, there's a super volcano under that that would if it erupted, it would pretty much that'd be the end of it. Wow. Okay. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, super volcanoes are very real. Like those are very very real. Like I mean, we're due. Like we're due for some eruptions. But uh, I don't know. Not to not to go down that road. But yeah, like I don't know. There was just something about watching a grounded anime that really just did it. It just hit all the right notes for me. Yeah. No. I mean, it was nice to have, like, I think this might be the first anime we've had that doesn't have, like, some kind of, like, supernatural element outside of, like, like, like the talking death people. But, like, there's, there's, yeah, I, I, like, there's quote unquote real psychics out there. You know, I, I I say that with a, with a big dish of sarcasm, but I don't, (laughs) I don't, I don't disbelieve it. Hey, you know, I'm, I'm open to anything. Absolutely, Chris. But it, it, I think this is like our our first show, like that doesn't have any of that. Like you know, you don't have a death. Uh, no. Our our second, um, our second Grave of the Fireflies. But I guess technically that had a little bit of supernatural oh, okay. stuff. My bad. Just all the ghosts. I'm looking at the show list. I'm not looking at. I I wasn't looking at the movie list. Oh, for shows. Yes, this is My the bad. first show. My bad. I got I got I got the movie list on a different piece of paper. <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, but no, when we're talking TV shows. Yes, absolutely. This is the first time. Yeah, and uh, I guess. Well, I guess Samurai Champloo too. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, I'll say Samurai Champloo as well. Afro Samurai gets a little weird with. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> cell phones and ninjas, and <laughs> okay. demons with uh, with swords and arms coming out of their back. That's right. Um, but yeah, man, I really enjoyed this, and uh, like you said, Chris, we got My Hero Academia coming up next. God, I'm so fucking stoked that this is where we're going next. I'm ready. I am so ready. Yes, yeah, so I've been, I've been wanting to watch it through to get ready for season five. So now I can do that. That's right, and of course, season five is just ten or eleven days away. Um, it's for, right there. I can see it at the end of the street. It's like the ice cream man. I can hear it. I can't see the truck yet, but I see. It, I hear it, and I want my rocket pop, and it's coming. That's right, Chris. Stealing all the change from mom's change jar. You know how. Damn right. <laughs> damn right. At least that's how it went in my house. <laughs> <laughs> you got anything? Got to find what you can find. That's right. And, uh, of course, we're going to be covering the entire first season next week. So it'll be 13 episodes. Yeah, I'm stoked. I think it's, yeah, 13 episodes. And then every season after that is 25. Yeah. Um, so, you guys, just look forward to that. Uh, 
And uh, please look forward to it. Yeah, Chris, that's I think that's all I got. Of course, if you guys want to watch My Hero Academia, it's available on Hulu, Funimation, mm-hmm. and I actually don't know where else. Those are the only two places I've ever watched My Hero. So yeah, uh, I usually watch it on Hulu. Okay. Um, so yeah. Hulu or Funimation for the first season, for every season, really. Um, and mm-hmm. Get ready for season five with us. Obviously, we're going to have the show finished well before that comes, or well before that finishes airing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll just have Absolutely. to, we'll just have to bite our tongues and hold back from talking about season five on the podcast because I know, I know you're going to be watching it as soon as it drops. God knows, you damn right I am. Um, It'll be a weekly endeavor for me. One hundred. Did their endeavor? That's a oh. <laughs> uh, we did it. I see what you did there, Chris. That was a good one. Um, but yeah, guys, that's that's all I got for this week, Chris. Um, oh, real quick, I should give us some quick plugs. If you guys want to vote for our future polls, which it'll be a while before our next one, um, you guys can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Shonen and Suds. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, guys, just thanks for listening. I am Cody Snodgrass. And I am Chris Adams. Thank you once again for hanging out with us.